Hey guys and welcome back to yet another episode of When I Was 13. I recorded this episode on Mother's Day and I was so happy that the guest I interviewed wanted her two daughters to join so that they could listen to this episode live. So if you're wondering who I interviewed for today's episode, I interviewed Manu Ma'am, who has truly been an inspiration to me after talking to her for this episode. Manu Ma'am is also known as Colonel Manorama Bodoloi. She joined the Armed Medical Corps in 1971 during the Indo-Pak War. After retiring in 2005, she even did her DA in anesthesia, and not just that, she even joined an NGO called the Freedom Foundation to help HIV patients. So, let's hop on into a time machine. to get to know about Manu Ma'am's amazing adventurous and inspirational life and to also meet her in the year 1962 when she was 13 Hello Manu Ma'am and thank you so much for agreeing to be on my show when I was 13 So let's yeah. begin with a quick introduction of yourself in terms of what you do currently and what do you like to do when you have free time to yourself Hi Arushi It's very really nice of you that you have uh, invited me on your uh, podcast when you are thirteen, and it is I feel that uh, young girl like you taking interest in knowing the things how it was yeah. quite a few years back and how it is now, and want to you want to take it ahead and uh, add your own conclusions on that. Uh, and uh, thank you for inviting me for your show. Thank you. I'm very happy that you are here, and I'm really excited to have this amazing conversation with you. So, what yeah. year was what it when you were thirteen? Yes, like uh, my name is Colonel Doctor Manorama Bordelai. Mm-hmm. I served in uh, Army Medical Corps in Indian Army for thirty-four years. Mm-hmm. As a wow. and uh, by my profession, I am an anesthetist. Mm-hmm. I uh, retired uh, from uh, army in the year 2007 on superannuation. Okay. Then uh, after that, I had uh, served in NGO and in medical college and uh, some uh, clinics. After that, uh, you know, for the past two years, I am not basically involved in the serious uh, patient or uh, anesthetic care. I am taking it easy. and uh, i come from a very uh, orthodox conservative brahmin family in south that uh, brahmin family we call ayengars you know they are very very orthodox but uh, uh, that did not uh, stop me for achieving what all i wanted to do that three that amazing and that also inspiring to see that you went ahead for what you wanted so yes. what year was it when you were 13 was uh, 1962 then i was wow. 13 i was in wow. class 8 maybe what uh, like personally i've been in gurgaon for since i was a year old and i don't want to change my school because i don't want to leave my friends behind but uh, when you were 13 were you in the same school throughout or did you keep on changing okay okay ah like when i was 13 i was in class 8 as i told you Like we were in a place called Nagari. It is a, a small town at uh, at the border of Tamil Nadu and Andhra Pradesh. Mm-hmm. You can say, mm-hmm. but it had uh, like uh, educational institutions up to the school level. 
college and all, either we had to go to Tamil Nadu or we had to come to Tirupati mm. or we had to leave that place to go ahead for our studies. Mm. In Nagari, it had good schools and then we were living in a, outside the town of Nagari as my father was in state government service. Mm. It was all full of green fields, full of uh, like paddy, millets, wow. vegetable, fruits, and uh, small rivers, everything. You can, uh, when I tell my children about that, they sometimes don't believe that things were like that before. <laughs> I mean, now it's all just pollution and we don't really get to see such beautiful scenes anymore. And just thinking about yes, we, it makes me feel happy and nice. It was very nice. Like, uh, our uh, wants and uh, our uh, um, demands on parents and all were uh, quite uh, limited, not like uh, what how people are now. Yeah. That is uh, one of the reasons. And uh, like uh, that place, uh, we had everything we wanted. Mm. Like uh, school was the main concentration for all of us. Oh, that's nice. So uh, as you mentioned earlier, you joined the arm forces in the Armed Medical Corporation in 1971 when the Indian-Pakistan war was going on. And you also told us that you came from a small town like Tirupati and becoming a doctor and then joining the army. And that's so great. So how did you dream about a career in the army then? Our uh, school was only up to class uh, 11. At Mm -hmm. the time it was called as uh, SSLC, you know secondary school leaving certificate so we had to do all the subjects like maths and science Mm. there was no option you know that uh, you can choose your subjects uh, in the school itself so we had to do all the subjects as well as uh, languages like english and hindi and uh, once i finished my schooling when i was in class 10 itself i knew what i wanted to be i was uh, fully focused And my only aim was to go ahead and then study medicine. Mm -hmm. And then I just wanted to achieve it with uh, full hard work. And my parents were uh, giving me full support, you know, that whatever I wanted to do, I should go ahead. That's nice. After I finished the school, then uh, I joined uh, this university in Tirupati. That is only for one year. Now you have two years of intermediate, no? Not like that at that time. Okay. So uh, once I finished my university, mm-hmm. I did well. I d- did well and uh, scored good in my subjects and all. Then applied for the medical college at Tirupati only. It is a government medical college. Okay. So what did you do after college? Like how did you get into the army? My father, he had served in British Army, you know. Like he used to narrate to us about the army. And he had traveled far and wide while he was in service and while he was in the Royal British Army also. So he used to narrate to us the discipline of army, how the things were and how they have done so many things. I was fully focused that when I finish my graduation, I'll join army. Mm. And luck would have it, in our final year, we used to get at the time from the army a contingency of a few senior officers, they used to go to the medical colleges and then sometimes recruit finally students to join service. 
so it happened in our college also and from my class i was the only one who was uh, taken by this uh, interview under i was commissioned in the army when i was in the college only oh so once i finished my college i had to join the army straight away my first posting was uh, to military hospital perki have you heard of it no perki it is near pune okay that's amazing that you achieved so much and you already got in so fast and you worked hard really inspiring i joined uh, medical college uh, finished the medical college i joined uh, army and i had to do my internship also in army only okay so uh, it was uh, somewhere around september 71 i joined service mm. that was the full thick uh, army war time post war time mm. so we are we were sent to lucknow for basic military training you know okay for two weeks because it used to be for six weeks to eight weeks otherwise mm-hmm. it was cut short because of the war time and also they wanted to do a quick uh, training and then send us back uh, to the hospitals and forward areas so mm-hmm. that uh, we are of use for uh, patient work and other things other um, patient care and uh, it was uh, like uh, even uh, for the forward areas they were running short of medical officers that's how it was so after the training i came back to military hospital turkey only to finish my internship and uh, after my internship was over i was posted to i mean uh, base hospital guwahati yeah <laughs> uh, so i was posted in uh, guwahati assam Okay. So I at that time only I met my uh, husband. Uh, he was also like we joined on the same date. We were of the same batch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is also a, he was also a medical officer. Mm-hmm. So we met there. And uh, at Guwahati, when I was posted there, I was sent to like a field area to open a small twenty bedded hospital for women. Okay. like uh, it in a place called rupa valley rupa valley is uh, like uh, i don't know how far you know tanga valley you know tejpur yeah ah uh, we had to drive ahead to go to all these uh, interior locations wow. Wow. so at the time i went there opened the hospital started it to functioning and patients started coming out so i was there for some time Mm-hmm. then uh, we both got married we were posted in a place called silchar so we were posted in silchar i was posted in the military hospital there so we were there for some time like me say two three years and it was be very tough uh, like for us to get to uh, live together and then uh, adjust the leave because mm-hmm. the, everywhere it was all uh, shortage of medical officers and then to adjust to two medical officers leave sometimes it used to be tough yeah so at that time also my husband and myself we were very keen on uh, traveling and all so from silchar you can have you heard of shillong yeah yes so it is closer to shillong so we were not getting leave one day when we got leave suddenly we had a new uh, sd motorbike so we started riding that bike and it took about a week to reach uh, shillong to kanyakumari 
we drove down, you know, because there were no reservations, no mobile, nothing like that. Only the landline phones, mm -hmm. that was it. Yeah. And the two army phones, many places. Uh -huh. So it used to be like that. We had a great uh, adventurous time. We were only at the time in short service commission. Short service commission in army was only for five years. Okay. Uh, after that, I had my daughter, elder daughter, Abha. Mm -hmm. So that was also one of the reasons that we had quit service. Right. After that, uh, we both, uh, my uh, husband had a stint of uh, employment outside the country. He went for a short while. And then the things were not so bright as we expected. So we came back. When we came back, we joined Army to take a permanent commission. Okay. Uh, like when we were in uh, taking permanent commission, we were posted in field area. Mm -hmm. That is uh, called Rajori, mm -hmm. 150 General Hospital. Then after the regular commission, my husband went for a specialty in hospital administration. I went for my specialty in anesthesia. Mm -hmm. So we served in uh, various places throughout our service. That's nice. So as you said, after retirement uh, from the medical, from the Armed Medical Corporation, you then joined an NGO and also completed a fellowship. So. What made you look at life uh, after retirement as a new inning? Or like, did you feel like leading a peaceful retired life? When I quit service, I was, uh, I had uh, come down to stay at uh, Sikandrabad. Mm -hmm. My younger daughter was in the third year, second year engineering. Okay. So after settling down and all, then I joined an NGO called Freedom Foundation. Mm -hmm. the, this uh, Freedom Foundation this NGO used to deal with only uh, people who are affected with HIV AIDS. So, and like uh, it was uh, the main uh, headquarter of the Freedom Foundation is in Bangalore. There also they have a hospital, everything. And the next was here in Sikandrabad, Bolaram place. So, uh, when we had an orphanage for about 30 children of almost all ages, from uh, two years to um, 14, 15 years, yeah. studying in the schools and then staying inside the complex. Mm -hmm. And we had a hospital for 50 patients. Wow. At the same time, we used to treat all the outdoor patients free with all the medicines, um, supporting treatment, vitamins, food, and uh, counseling and door-to-door uh, -door -door counseling, home care, and the visits uh, to their uh, families. Oh. I was there uh, working. When I was there working, they said I had required a proper uh, qualification in HIV and infectious diseases. Mm -hmm. uh, then I had to work hard again to get admission into CMC Vellur for one-year fellowship in HIV medicine and infectious diseases. Mm -hmm. So I used to go up and down CMC Vellur and Sikhidrabad. So one year I managed, completed that. That was great. Mm -hmm. Because most of the students uh, in that uh, fellowship are like my grandchildren, you know. Mm -hmm. But at no time they treated me like grandmother or anything. They used to treat me at part. Mm -hmm. And then they used to give me the same. Uh, work like any other 
and I completed that. I when I look back, I myself wonder how I managed to do it. <laughs> that was a great achievement, you know, fellowship in HIV medicine at CMC Weller. Yeah, that's inspiring and it's so great that you. Yeah, that is so one of the premier uh, institutions of the country. That's amazing. So back then in the 1970s, um, I don't know if it was like that even then, but I'm guessing it was true that you know women were not uh, seen equally as to men. That's I don't think right so. Right now. So, mm-hmm. uh, no, was it difficult for you as a woman, or was it the same? Uh, like nobody treated you different because you were a woman then. Like you know, when I joined army, I was just out of the college from civil life, mm-hmm. around a twenty-two year old. Mm-hmm. I hardly knew how the things were in service because what my father had served was entirely different, you know. And what uh, the present army is entirely different. Mm-hmm. But in army, they don't uh, treat you that you are a woman. You can't do this. Nothing like this. Mm-hmm. Like when we had gone for the training, we had to do the same training as uh, male officers. Mm-hmm. And when we had uh, when we had to do the duties, we have to do the same duties. And we have to do the emergency duties. Mm-hmm. We have to do the temporary duties out of the place and they carry out the administrative duties, duties. there is no difference. Mm. But like, yes, sometimes women have some, some emergency, some health problem. People mm. were always there to help, like your own colleagues, yes. your commanding officers and others. There was no problem any time. There is hardly any discrimination. Mm. That's nice to hear. Yeah, yeah, like we were posted in field areas, no yeah. discrimination. Yeah, that's fine. So, as you mentioned earlier that uh, you were part of the armed medical corps in 1971 for the end of Pakistan war, which is yes. is a huge historical event. So, yes. do you have any, do you remember any incidents that uh, still, you know, are with you to this day? Like, um, well, I told you, no, I just joined from the medical college straight into the army medical corps. Mm. After the training and all, then we uh, we all were taught the discipline of army, how to wear the uniform, what to do, everything. Mm. It was uh, like the military hospital Turkey is mainly for uh, trauma patients. Mm. Trauma means all injuries sustained oh. during oh. war. Oh. And when the war is not there, trauma patients sustained during service from everywhere people go there for rehabilitation artificial limbs all those things like um, how they have to cope up with their future with the loss of limb Mm -hmm. and uh, during the war the hospital used to be overflowing with the trauma patients Mm -hmm. every day we used to get special trains with the trauma patients young men sent directly to the forward areas, sustaining injuries, losing limbs, losing part of bodies. And uh, when they are uh, transferred back to Turkey, their families used to come, attendants used to come. It used to be a very pathetic uh, scene. And sometimes just newly married people, the wives, they never used to leave them in spite of... uh, not being allowed in the wars. Mm. It used to be really pathetic. 
and we all used to do duties like uh, shifts, eight hour shifts. Mm. And after that, and that is looking after the trauma patients and post operative patients working in the OT. Mm. In addition to that, we have to do the other assistant duty, medical officer duties, ward duties, lab duties. So we all were about six to eight young officers. We were involved in this and nobody. There was no complaint, nothing. Everyone was enthusiastic. We all wanted to do to the full mm. capacity, you know, whatever we were told. Yeah. One incident, I can't say so many incidents, which is tough to recollect, you know. Mm. But we are remember Field Marshal Maniksha had come to visit all these people. Mm. Indira Gandhi had come. And at the time, the defense minister was Jagjivan Ram, I think. He had visited. And so many troopers from Bollywood, like Malhar, Mukesh, I can't remember. Every day, somebody or other is always entertaining the yeah, patients nice. and lifting their morale. Wow, that's great to hear. So, we're going to go back into a time machine and go back to the time when you were 13. So, when you were 13, did you know that, you know, when I grow up, I will be part of the army or uh, do something around medicine because as you said earlier you you realized in 10th grade so was it different when you were 13? When I was 13 at least I knew that I will be a doctor mm. that was there for sure I was fully focused on only in science and I knew that when I joined college it is only medicine wow. I applied only one medical college I got in and yeah. I was fully focused on that that's yeah. it because maths was not my favorite subject in any case. <laughs> and uh, joining service, my father is one of the main uh, um, uh, motivation in joining service. Mm, he nice. himself being ex army, mm. I used to think uh, and I had a very different uh, idea about serving people of the country, you know. Mm. That's great. So, uh, obviously, back then, uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, I mean, we know that phones or uh, TVs weren't there. So, how did you spend your free time? Because now everybody just switches on their TV to, you know, spend their free time. So, what did you do then when you were 30? Arushi, if I tell, you will think that, you know, it is like some old book I'm quoting. We had in our house a very small short wave one and two and medium wave transistor mm. you know no tv tv also came somewhere in 65 that too also in new cities in the country mm. but not in places like nagari or tirupati mm. nothing mm. cinema halls used to be there but in the in this um, transistor also like my father mm. he used to give us time to listen to the radio like the news or some songs for one or two hours in a day, there were fixed timings. Okay. Only then, at that time, we could hear. Oh, okay. And in a week, once we used to get audio movies. Mm -hmm. You know, we had to literally run after my father to allow us to listen <laughs> to that. Otherwise, uh, audio movies. Like you couldn't see it. No, where is the TV then? Oh. Only. Oh, wow. Okay, that's interesting. So a lot has changed from then. But like uh, our school timings, like morning, 9 o'clock, we used to go. 
after breakfast, come back at one, have lunch, again go back till four. Oh. And after that, we used to have uh, games, sports, mm. music, dance. Mm. And the teachers used to be there if you want to clear your doubts. So everyone was busy with something or other, you know. Yeah. By the time you come back, uh, you have done your homework. And if you are lucky and if my parents are in good mood, you listen to the radio for some time. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, by 8 o'clock, everyone is in bed. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> and once in a way, maybe, we ah. used to go to the movie halls to see oh, pictures. Okay. That's nice. That's it. So, we have reached towards the end of the show. And one question that I ask every guest is, what advice do you have for me and all the others listening to this show? I can only tell you this. Like, my father insisted on all of us that we all should have the best of education mm. and also the financial independence. Mm -hmm. Two things one should concentrate and then one should uh, try to achieve is this. Yeah. Your education, you have the best one, everything else comes. Mm. And I feel, Arushi, that uh, as on today, the whole, uh, uh, you are the future of the country. Why country? You are the future of the world. Mm -hmm. So, whatever you want to achieve, I think with one fully focused aim and motivation, you concentrate on that and then go and grab it, come what me. Yeah. That is the only way to survive, I feel. Yes, that's pretty good advice. And I'll stick to that. So, thank you so <laughs> much. And thank you so much for your time, for being here. And I hope that you had a great time and had a great time going back to your army days and when you were first. Uh, thank you so much, Arushi, for uh, inviting me on your podcast and thank you for giving me a chance to talk to young girls like you. And then uh, we don't even uh, come across uh, uh, how the present young generation is thinking and in what terms. So, all the best thank you. and thanks again. Thank, thank you. you so much. So that brings us to the end of yet another episode of When I Was 13. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I did putting it together. For me, at 13, meeting people and getting to know their world when they were 13 opens up a world that I will possibly never get to know otherwise. Do not forget to subscribe to this podcast on your Android or iPhone. And yes, I am on Instagram and you can follow me on when underscore I underscore was 13. Catch you soon with yet another interesting conversation on when I was 13. Celebrate the 10 best days of summer with Venus. We've marked down hundreds of our most popular fun, sexy swimwear and fashion styles, which means you get to celebrate summer with up to 70% off. Just visit venus.com to celebrate the 10 best days of summer and save today.